Hello there, and welcome back to the Mets Council Podcast, your place for counseling about New York Mets. I'm your host, Jonathan Risso, and today we're going to talk about an eventful series in Los Angeles, all culminating with this big Max Scherzer debate here. Um about Max Scherzer allegedly cheating, and yeah, that's um, that's that's a big thing there, and we'll talk about that, um, but I do want to start at the beginning of this series and cover the series as a whole, um, from the start to the finish here, and you know, the the ending with Max Scherzer and the umpires and everything. Um, so the first game uh, was Monday night, uh, Peterson, and we ended up winning that game 8-6, to six, which was great. Uh, now, unfortunately, I was not able to watch a, a few of these games, um, just because timing reason, reasoning, I was able to watch the final game, the one with Max Scherzer, and that whole, uh, you know, situation there, so that's the one I'll talk about the most here. Uh, but I do want to talk about the standouts of the game here. Um, so, from the Mets' perspective, like I said, we won 8-6, to six, which was great. Uh, David Peterson giving up all six runs. Not really, you know. If he's our number five starter, number four starter, it's okay. Uh, hopefully Verlander comes back. Um, and, you know, we'll see. Let's see. Uh, Nimmo with three hits that night. Of course, Nimmo is a machine. That's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, Alonzo with three hits that night as well. Alonzo has been going absolutely nuts. Beatty is playing, so that's good. He played Monday night. He played uh, Wednesday night, so or, or Wednesday afternoon, excuse me. Um, so... At least they're playing Beatty, right? This is what I wanted. This is what I talked about last episode is if you're going to bring up Beatty and Alvarez, at least, the least you can do is give them at-bats, give them reps, play them. If you don't play Alvarez, if you don't play Beatty, don't even bring them up. It's not worth the time. It's not worth their effort. Sitting on the bench is not doing them any good. And that's something I think... This series, the Dodgers series, compared to the A's series and series before that I think they're doing much better with, right? I, I mean, Beatty just got called up, so we still got time with Beatty, but I think Alfred has been up for, he, he has been up for a little bit longer now, and, and I've been a little bit, I, I feel a little uncomfortable with the amount of times we're using him. We're not using Alvarez as much as we should. He should really be our starting catcher. If there's a three-game series, he should play two out of three of the game. Um, he, he should play. And if you want to give him a day off, maybe DH him. You know, if you, for instance, tomorrow, if, uh, or actually today, excuse me, the Giants have Sean Manaya on the hill. Alvarez should be playing against Manaya. He should. And Manaya's lefty. Alvarez should be hitting against a lefty. Um, now, pitching for the Mets is Kodai Senga. If you don't want Senga to to be a battery mate with Alvarez because you don't think Alvarez is ready yet, 
put Alvarez at DH. That solves your problem. He gets his rep in there. He gets a pseudo day off. And you have the Nito, um, the Nito Senga battery mate, if that's what you want, right? If you're so heart set on that. But I do like it that they're playing Beatty. Again, I don't really have a problem with them playing him in the lower part of the lineup. I think as we go, hopefully both Beatty and Alfred will get a little bit better. They'll get more adjusted, especially Beatty. This was his first game this year on Monday night. So, you know, it, you got to give the kid a little bit of time. And if they're good, then we can argue about their placement in the lineup. I just want them to be in the lineup. That's all I want. Um, as long as they're in the lineup, I'm happy because they need to get reps. They need to play. They're not getting any better if they're on the bench. Um, so, yeah. So, that was, you know, pretty even spread uh, runs. RBIs, Vogelback had three RBIs, but pretty good game for the Mets there. Adovino with the save, love Adovino on my fantasy team. Uh, Tuesday, not much to talk about Tuesday, McGill and Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw was just dealing, he got his 200th win, congratulations to Clayton Kershaw, Uh, and really uneventful, right, Um, didn't start Beatty. Didn't start Alvarez, um, although um, Beatty was a pitch hitter and Alvarez was put in. Uh, he was a catcher. So, you know, not much going on there. And then we get to today. When I thought, or not today, excuse me, yesterday, Wednesday, Wednesday's game, the whole Max Scherzer thing. Before we deep dive into all of that, let's actually talk about the game. And then we'll talk about the Max Scherzer stuff, because there's stuff to talk about in this game. Finally, finally, the Mets play Noah Syndergaard. I thought this was going to be the biggest storyline of the game. I thought this was going to be really big news and all over... um, the internet and, but really the whole thing with Scherzer kind of, you know, took the spotlight from this twice. If you remember twice last year, Noah Syndergaard dodged the Mets uh, when he was a angel and when he was a Philly. Uh, He was set to play against the Mets as an angel. He was set to play against the Mets as a Philly. And both times, it just so happened that he had fatigue and needed an extra day's rest. Both times, he dodged the Mets. Coincidence? I think not. I I think he was trying to avoid the Mets. I really do. I think he was trying to avoid the Mets. I think he was trying to avoid the fan base. Um, Listen, when we talk about players that leave, I don't really have, if they're not playing for the Braves, or the Phillies, or the Yankees, I don't really care. Michael Conforto in California, in in, uh, the Giants, I go ahead, hit 30, 40 home runs, I will be happy for him. You know, next four days, when we play against him, you know, don't hit any home runs, but the rest of the year, go ahead, have an MVP year, I will root for him. Conforto gave us nothing but great times. You know, 
Jake would, you know, a little bit of a rockier send-off, right? Um, but I agree with that. Like, you know, I, I, he's hurt, right? He just apparently got hurt again. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but you know what? I wish him the best. He's in the AL West. We might not even match up against him this year, right? We only played the, the Rangers like three games or something like that, right? In a completely different league, in a different division, I wish him the best, right? Um, I have nothing against him. Um, in fact, I would prefer he, he does well and wins a Cy Young, and then maybe he goes in the Hall of Fame as a Met with three Cy Youngs, two as a Met, one as a Ranger. I'd be okay with that, you know, Hall of Famer. Um, so I have no problem with with Jake, who, you know, uh, there was a time where, you know, it was, it was rough. It was a rough uh, breakup there, but I I truthfully have no problem with him um, in the sense that I'm not rooting against him. I'm not rooting for him to fail. Same thing with Conforto and J.D. Davis and Darren Ruff. And any other former Met out, Chris Bassett, any other former Met out there, um, go ahead. It, you know, if you're not on the Phillies, Talon Walker, I'm rooting against because he's on the Phillies. But nothing against the guy personally. It's just he's on the team I don't like. If you're not on the Phillies, you're not on the Braves, and you're, you're not on the Yankees, and you're not playing me currently, then I don't care what you do, really. And I think that's a fair mentality to have. But... Noah here is a little bit different. Um, when Noah left the Mets, if you remember, he kind of bad-talked them. Um, you know, he said all this stuff about us. It was seems like eons ago, right? Um, Marcus Stroman did the same thing. As soon as, as he left... He said all this terrible stuff about the Mets that, you know, we don't know if that's true or not. It could be opinions. It could be, but very unprofessional-like. Um, and and Noah's did a very similar thing. So once you get to that point, you know, if you part ways and it's very formal and it's, you know, both sides respect each other. And, and I think that's really what happened with Jake was both sides said, you know, it's better for both of us if this doesn't happen, and that's fine. It's formal. No one was, as far as we know, no one was mad at each other or or anything like that. Um, then everything's okay. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't care what happens to you. Um, but I mean, now I want Noah Syndergaard, you know. To be terrible against the Mets, I want him. I want Stroman to be terrible against the Mets because they're bad mouthing the my team, right? Um, there's no reason to do that. There's no reason just because they didn't sign you, they didn't have interest in you. If you remember, Marcus Stroman was mad that the Mets were interested in Max Scherzer and Kevin Gosman, who were both superior pitchers to him. They're just better pitchers than him. One is a Hall of Famer, and he got mad that the Mets were interested in better pitchers. And look, it happens. <laughs> you know, and and Syndergaard had some comments as well against the Mets. Um, that's the point where 
I want to beat you, and I want to prove you wrong. And I and I do think Syndergaard has been proven wrong, right? He's bounced between three teams. He hasn't been great. The Dodgers, I mean, you know, listen, it's only been like a month or so, right? But he's not doing any good with the Dodgers, right? I think he's 0-3. Let me see. Yeah, 0-3 with a 491 ERA as of yesterday. So not looking great. Um, and I always like to say, listen, if the Dodgers can't fix you, I don't really know who can. Right? They fixed Mac, Max Muncy. They fixed Justin Turner. They fixed a lot of – they took a lot of guys that were, uh, you know, deemed useless and expendable and made them stars. Um so if the Dodgers can't fix Noah Syndergaard, it might just be over for him. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. It might not be. Uh, he he might. He's definitely not looking like his former self because he's not throwing ninety nine. Um, but you know, throwing ninety two. That that's his high. So you know. He's not the pitcher he was with us. He's not the pitcher in 2015. He's not the one meet me 60 feet, 6 inches anymore. He's not that guy. He's not Thor. He's really not Thor. He lost his thunder, right? You can have the cool Thor nickname and and everything. If you're throwing 100 miles an hour, if you're throwing you know, thunder, that's fine. But once you're going to 92 and you're a number 4 starter and and... Two teams, three teams really gave up on you already. You know, don't you think that's a little bit, you know, showboaty? You're you're being a little bit full of yourself at that point. Um, but the thing I was specifically thinking of was um, this is the comment I, I had to look it up again. Well, last year when the Mets the Mets had the no hitter against the Phillies, if you remember that very memorable game. McGill started it, Diaz ended it, combined no-hitter, um, the second no-hitter in Mets history, and, and that was a very memorable game with the black jerseys against the Phillies. Great. That was a great time. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, who was on the Angels at the time, if you remember, you know, Angels completely other side of the, the continent, <laughs> uh, had some choice words about that, and he said that it wasn't a real no-hitter um, and basically was bad-mouthing the Mets, saying uh, that Reed Detmer's his teammate in, uh, in Los Angeles for the Angels threw a real no-hitter through, um, you know, complete no-hitter. And, you know, that, that's not our place in this episode is to discuss whether – What's a real no-hitter and what's not a no-hitter? Um, it, shorthand, I think a combined no-hitter is a no-hitter. I think uh, a full-game no-hitter is a no-hitter. But I do think a one-pitcher for the full-game no-hitter is way more impressive. I do agree with that sentiment. They're both no-hitters. I mean, just the fact that the Phillies did not get a hit that night. When Yohan Santana threw a no-hitter... Cardinals didn't get hit that night. Um, it, one was combined, one wasn't, but both were no hitters. 
but I do think Johan Santana's is more impressive. I do think Reed Detmer's is more impressive because he threw just him for nine innings. Um, but my point is, is that Syndergaard really didn't need to say any of this, right? He He's on the other side of the continent. There's no reason for for him to insert himself into this this Mets conversation. Um, and again, this was a long, long time ago. Right? This is not a long time ago. It was two years. It was a year ago, right? A year ago. But still, if you're gonna bad badmouth the Mets and you know with something that you really have nothing, you know, you have nothing to do with the situation at all, and you're inserting yourself and you're pooping on another team's success, another team's, you know, joy. I, I want to crush you. <laughs> you know, I want to crush you. And unfortunately, the Mets didn't crush Syndergaard, but um, Brandon Nimmo did act as a, a Loki in this scenario did act as a Surter Ragnarok kind of thing here with that two run bomb off Noah's in regard. Love to see that. So, you know, that's kind of my feelings towards Noah is he said some comments about us that were not, again, this is a long time ago. I don't think about this every day. I don't really care. I just think the fact that he said those two comments about us and then dodged us two times where he should have faced against us. Um, but because of air quotes fatigue, he didn't, you know, I think that says a lot. So I'm glad that Syndergaard got the loss. We beat him in, in this game, uh, which is great. Um, and I think it's, it, it's deserved, right? It's, he, like, like I said, for the players, Michael Conforto, uh, the Mets didn't pick him up in 2022, 20, right? He was hurt. They didn't didn't pick him up. He didn't say anything bad about them. He did. He said nothing, and that's good. That's the, you either say nothing or you say something that's neutral, or you know, good, right? You, people don't badmouth other teams. That's just not how it works. That's not professional. And if you're not going to be professional, I want my team to to beat you. <laughs> uh, like I said, unfortunately, we we didn't absolutely destroy Syndergaard, but you know what? It's okay. Um, Syndergaard only had the, the two earned runs, but Nimmo, Nimmo going five for five, it, he's insane. He's worth every penny, Brandon Nimmo. Um, it, he's really good, Brandon Nimmo. I'm I'm very glad we made that signing. You know, I had some doubts, honestly. I had I had some doubts last year that we were going to re-sign him and you know, I didn't know how I felt about it and I wasn't fully on board because Nimmo hasn't really given us full years, right? Like 2022 was his first full year of baseball. Uh but I think the way Buck is managing the outfield, giving Marte day rest, giving Nimmo days rest here and there, giving Canna days rest here and there, 
think that's why we got Tommy Pham was to, you know, Tommy Pham could be a starting outfielder on another team. And I think that's why we got him is to rest our, our normal outfielders, right? Marte, Canna and Nimmo every so often and, and plug Pham in there. And I like that. I like that model. I think that's really good. And I think it's worked so far this year. Um, but yeah, Nimmo on a tear, um, Alonzo, he got robbed early on by Freeman in the game. Um, I was really hoping for an Alonzo or a Beatty or Lindor or Alvarez, like bomb off Syndergaard, hoping for Alonzo moonshot. Uh, but we, you know, we'll take Brandon Nimmo, right? We'll take Brandon Nimmo moonshot. It wasn't really moonshot. It was a home run. Uh, but we'll take the Brandon Nimmo home run off Syndergaard um, to knock him down a little peg there. And, I mean, the Mets end up winning it 5-3. Um, to three. All's good. Right? All's good. Adovino getting the save again, which I love. He's on my fantasy team. It's another save for me. Um, and, of course, the whole Max Scherzer thing getting thrown out early in the game. Before we talk about all that, I do want to mention a shout-out to Yaka Bonus. Never heard of this guy before, right? I I would have had no clue who he is, Jimmy Yacobonis. Um, but he was called on. You know, he was the pitcher that replaced Scherzer. He was called on to replace a Hall of Fame pitcher in a dire need in in short circumstances where really quickly, oh, Scherzer got thrown out. We need someone to replace him. Yacobonis gave us two in two and two thirds innings of one earned run baseball, and and that was huge. Uh, Brigham getting that huge out. Drew Drew Smith, as always, is great. Robertson did give up an earned run, but it's okay. It's okay. He's been excellent the rest of this year. Adovino gave up an earned run, but we make it through. We make it through that kind of uh, two run. What was a double? I think it was was really good, and then he stole third and tried to steal home, and it didn't work out. Um, but we made it through. The bullpen was really good. Nimmo going five for five really helped, and I appreciate that Beatty and Alvarez were in this lineup. Beatty went zero for three, but he had a walk, um, and Alvarez went two for four, which is really good. He scored a run and. And one strikeout for Alvarez, one strikeout for Beatty. But it, you know what? That's not that bad. They're they're still getting used to it. So hopefully they get a little bit better here. So I think I've danced around it enough. Let's talk about Max Scherzer, Phil Cuzzy, and the sticky stuff here. So if you're unaware of what happened yesterday, uh, Max Scherzer was ejected from the game. He was suspended, actually, because he was allegedly cheating using sticky stuff. Uh, I think it was the third inning, if I remember correctly, where he got checked. Um, The umpires were not happy with the amount of sticky stuff that was on his left hand. Um, And 
They told him to wash it. He did. He changed his glove. They didn't like the amount of sticky stuff in his glove. He changed it. He did. And everyone was fine. Um, Next inning, they check him again. And they're not happy again. And he gets suspended. He gets ejected from the game. And is suspended allegedly for cheating. Obviously, I can't fully tell what went on there. I don't know who's in the right, who's in the wrong here. I can't, you know, I don't have any direct proof that Scherzer was innocent. I don't have any direct proof that he was guilty. But this is what I'll say. These are the points that I will make. If you look at Scherzer's spin rate, um... And his velocity, he was normal. There was nothing ad- abnormal with him um, in in the game. There's nothing abnormal with his numbers, at least, right? Um, okay, so that's, you know, <laughs> there you go. There's kind of direct proof that if he was cheating and using sticky stuff, it wasn't working. And if he wasn't, then... You know, this points to the side that he wasn't. Because his spin rates are, and his velocity is the same. It was actually lower than his average. Um, which, you know, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Um, why Max Scherzer would cheat on a random Wednesday in April also doesn't make sense. Max Scherzer has a Hall of Fame career. All right, he is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Uh, he has nothing to gain. He already got his money, right? He has literally nothing to gain by cheating. He's already a Hall of Fame pitcher. Um, he He's not, you know, trying to perform well to get an, another contract. He's, Brad, this could be the last contract he gets. Uh, where it's the point of there's no reason for him to cheat then. Um, I do also want to mention the sticky stuff was on his left hand. I emphasized that earlier. He pitches with his right hand, right? He's a right-handed pitcher. The sticky stuff was on his left hand. It was in his glove. And it was, he uh, claims rosin and sweat, which is legal. There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing apparently wrong with that, Right? It's completely legal. There's no reason he should be uh, ejected for that. He also claims Scherzer, and I say claim because we don't know, but again, he really wouldn't be a reason for him to lie about this, that when he reapplied the rosin after the, f- the first time they asked him to check the third inning, um, he did it in front of an MLB official, and that MLB official had no problem with it. Uh, meaning it was a, it was a legal substance. It was not illegal. If it was illegal, the MLB official would have had a problem with it. I should also point out the fact that Max Scherzer is a a large and I mean large figurehead of the MLB Players Association. It would look really bad if he was caught cheating. So he knows he can't get caught cheating. It, you know, he can't cheat 
to begin with. Because if he gets caught cheating, that looks really bad for him, right? He's one of the big figureheads of the the players union, right? Um, there's really no reason for him to cheat at all here in this specific scenario. Something else I want to mention, not as statistically based, but if you just look at the eye test, right? Scherzer had the bases loaded in the first inning. He was not throwing a gem, right? He was not absolutely flawless in in the first few innings he pitched. So, you know, I think that's also kind of proof as to he was not cheating. And if he was cheating, he should be flawless or close to flawless. And and Scherzer was not. So, I... Listen. It's annoying. But you know what's... Even more annoying. It's annoying sure that it gets thrown out, suspended, and and could be suspended for ten games here because of something he didn't do. And he can appeal the suspension and, and get it investigated and everything, which I think he has a good chance of winning. But you know what's even more frustrating? The same thing. I mean the same thing. Almost beat for beat happened last weekend against Yankees starting pitcher Domingo Herman. Almost the same thing beat for beat happened, but the results were completely different. Completely different. Um, Max Scherzer, again, caught using supposedly, her quotes, sticky stuff. Um, he, it was apparently legal. They asked him to wash his hands. He complied, he washed his hands, um, and again, Scherzer said to himself, he would be stupid to use sticky stuff to cheat the next inning, because he knew they were going to check him. They checked him the inning prior, or of course they're going to check him the next inning too. Um, but what happened with Herman, same thing happened. He got... Uh, the umpires felt his hands. They thought it was a little stickier than it should be. He was asked to wash his hands. Okay, first thing happened with the Yank with the first time Scherzer was out there, and and he did that right. Both of them complied. Uh, they they followed what the umpires asked them to do, and then Herman was never called. He was never thrown out. Scherzer was thrown out. Um, in fact. The opposing manager, Rocco Baldelli, of the Twins, was was thrown out for arguing that Herman should be ejected, <laughs> right? Baldelli was ejected because he was arguing that Herman should be ejected because he was, you know, had sticky stuff on his hand. Let's be real here. The word that we're looking for is consistency. That's all we want. If these two scenarios were the same, they should result in the same, you know, the, the results should be the same. And they're not. And there's no reason why they should be different. Um, you know, if you want to say, because Scherzer was officially ejected because of sticky stuff. If he was ejected for arguing, that's different, right? Herman was, was never argued. And, and if Scherzer got ejected for arguing, 
then that's okay, because Herman didn't argue. But Scherzer didn't get ejected for arguing. He got ejected for this, the same exact thing that Herman was accused of. They're, they're both accused of the same crimes. They should both, you know, have the same punishment, right? Doesn't that make sense? Um, I guess not. It It's just such a confusing situation here. And it doesn't make sense. And to me, it doesn't put Major League Baseball in, it, you know, it doesn't show them in the best light. It is confusing. It's confusing to me and and you guys who are, you know, diehard fans here. We're, we're diehard Mets fans. We know everything about the Mets. Imagine someone casually watching or someone just getting into baseball, you know, Fair enough. I, I think a, a lot of the rules, the regular rules, right? Just the players' rules are confusing for an outsider. Um, with box and and ground rule doubles and infield fly rule and stuff like that can be confusing for people. And the pitch clock just added a whole bunch of new rules that even more confusing to casuals, right? Um, Adding this, making it even more, you know, and I, and I do think the pitch clock, like I said, added some more confusing rules to casuals. But I think in the end, it, it, it'll be a very good thing for the game. It'll condense the games a little bit more, sets the pace and the tone of the game. And I've actually enjoyed it, I have to say. I didn't think I would enjoy the pitch clock as much as I do. But... It doesn't make sense in this specific scenario with two ex- almost exactly beat for beat the same circumstances happening and the results are different. That confuses the diehard fans, so of course it's going to confuse casuals getting into the game, and, and that's not a good look. That's not good. This is not good for baseball, and... I don't think it's good for baseball that we're, you know, whatever results of this um, is not going to be put on a big stage, right? It's either going to be just sent out through the Mets that Scherzer appealed the suspension and he won, or like, you know, MLB should come out and say why Herman how his situation went one way and how Scherzer went another way. Um, they should send a memo to all the umpires and say, listen, this is what happens, right? If it, you know, these are the circumstances in which if you ask a player to wash his hands and he doesn't do it, then you can eject him. But if you ask him to wash his hands, he does it. There's no, you know, you, you can't eject him unless he does something else. You know what I mean? Like, the rules should be a little bit more um, detailed when it comes to these ejections. I, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't really make sense to me, right? And apparently this guy, Phil Cuzzy, has a problem with this stuff because um, Scherzer's the third pitcher to get ejected for foreign substances, Um and all three were done by Phil Cuzzy, the umpire last night that ejected Scherzer, 
uh, that ejected Scherzer, excuse me. Uh, and that comes from baseball doesn't exist, which is, you know, that's useful information there that this umpire just has a problem with this, right? He has a problem with the the sticky stuff. Yeah, I guess he has a problem feeling it and and I think that should be put into perspective, right? That should be put into place when regarding Scherzer's case, when regarding anything regarding sticky stuff and this guy, Phil Cuzzy. Um, you know, it, it's not, it's really not fair that this guy gets to mess up the Mets rotation for the next few days, um, the next week, right? And nothing happens to him, right? I don't know. It, it's crazy, and we have yet to have a conclusion to this, um, to this whole story here. We'll see um, if MLB is, you know, if the suspension case is on. Scherzer said he is going to appeal it, so we will see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Listen, of course, of course, the Yankees get off scot-free and the Mets don't. Uh, story of my life, you know. So, of course that's going to happen. Um, also want to point out, really appreciate this. Um, no way associated or anything like that. Um there's this guy on Instagram, on Twitter, Athlete Logos. If you've seen the um, in City Field, the, the Senga K-Corner Ghost Forkball little signs they were putting up on the City Field party deck, or whatever they call that now. Those were designed by him. Uh, the same Ghost Forkball signs that, they, that uh, Mets fans put up in Oakland, and they were forced to take down. This guy is an artist, and again, I have no relation to him, no association with him or anything like that. I just really appreciate his work, and I'd suggest you check him out. Um, early um, early this morning, he put out a, a brand new shirt called Sweat and Rosin, which I appreciate that. Of course, that's what Scherzer was claiming over and over again. That's what he used. Um, I thought that was funny and needed a little mention here, uh, but Again, this guy has some great artwork with Kodai Senga, with a lot of the other Mets, and I appreciate that little kind of joke of a t-shirt. You can get it if you want. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I have to say about the Scherzer substance saga there. Um, it's annoying. It's, you know, I think all those pieces of information... The fact that he's a figurehead in the Players Association, the fact that he's already guaranteed Hall of Famer, that he's old, doesn't need another contract, that um, his spin rates and his velocity weren't up, he wasn't pitching a gem, uh, he claims to be using rosin, um, and he put on said rosin in front of an MLB official, I think all of that information, you know, heavily leans to him being innocent in this scenario. Um, So, (laughs) 
we'll see what comes of it. We'll see if he has to serve the suspension or if it gets appealed or who knows what happens with that. Um, I mean, right now we need Scherzer. Verlander's not here. So, uh, we'll see. We will see. So, that's all I got. Uh, listen, I'm glad. Look at the big picture here. I'm glad we took two out of three from the Dodgers. That's great. We're beating good teams, right? We swept the A's. Two out of three from the Dodgers. Two out of three from the Padres. Um, so, we're doing well. Um, let's continue that into uh, the Giants, San Francisco. I, last year... <laughs> If you remember, we had some wild games in San Francisco. Absolutely insane games, especially that one that was like, what, 14 to 13 or something like that, right? Absolutely insane. Fun times, uh, even though we lost that one. Still a really fun, memorable game. Um, Hopefully we have some fun, memorable games that we win in this time. And again, like I was talking about with Syndergaard, I do think, you know, let's go full circle here. Let's not root too hard against J.D. Davis, Darren Ruff, Michael Conforto. Um, Yeah, I want to beat them the next four days, but they're still really nice guys and haven't said anything bad about the Mets. Um, So, you know, let's give them a hand. Let's, you know, not try to tear them down everything. So, but that's a a fun series that's going to come. And then... Soon, very soon, we play the Braves for the first time this year, which will be very exciting as well. Play the Nationals, a little break. We have an off day after these games in San Francisco. Play the Nationals, and then we play the Braves. Uh, so very ex- exciting things to come this season. Maybe by the time we play the the Braves, Justin Verlander will be back. That would be really cool. That would be awesome. Uh, but we'll see. So, what do you guys think about this whole thing with Max Scherzer? It's insane. But again, let's focus on the good stuff here, right? So, uh, Mets are doing well. Everyone's chugging along. Nimmo's going insane. Alonzo's going insane. Lindor's doing great. Um, Hopefully, Beatty and Alvarez play some more. We have a lot of great things to look forward to in this young season. So... Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And as always, let's go, man.